Hello. Uh, for me, the recent news that the Agricultural Engineers Association, the AEA, has acquired the British Agricultural and Garden Machinery Association, that's BAGMA, uh, was only a surprise for the fact that it hadn't happened earlier. That the AEA represents the manufacturers and suppliers of agricultural, turf care and outdoor power equipment in the UK, whilst BAGMA represents the interests of UK sales and service dealers in the same industry sector. Both associations have a long heritage. AEA was founded in 1875 and BAGMA in 1917, and they will now be run by the AEA headquarters based in Peterborough. I think a short potted history of BAGMA might be useful to put it into context. Uh, It was originally formed as the National Association of Agricultural Engineers and Implement Dealers to support the tractor and machinery manufacturers of the time in a massive drive to grow more crops. In 1947, it changed its name to the Agricultural Machinery and Tractor Dealers Association, AMTDA. And further name change came about in 1972 when, to reflect dealers' growing involvement in the turf care and garden machinery market, the name changed to its present title of the British Agricultural and Garden Machinery Association. In 1986, the then BAGMA Director-General, Jonathan Swift, left to take up a similar post at the British Hardware Federation, the BHF. There followed a period of financial instability for BAGMA caused by internal accounting issues and an ill-fated and costly attempt to run its own turf care exhibition in 1990 at Kempton Park in a direct clash with the established Sawtech show. As a result, BAGMA came close to collapse, and in 1994 the members agreed to transfer all assets and liabilities to the British Hardware Federation, run of course by former BAGMA Director General Jonathan Swift. In 2011, the British Hardware Federation itself changed its name to the British Independent Retailers Association, BIRA which has been Bagma's home for over a quarter of a century, until recently, that is. So now I'm delighted to be joined by Ruth Bailey, the CEO of the Agricultural Engineers Association, and by Keith Christian, the director of Bagma, to talk through the rationale of the AEA and Bagma coming together. Now, almost a year ago, you both kindly joined me for an early episode of this podcast. At the time, you were working together to ensure that the agriturf machinery industry as a whole was able to present its case for exemptions and clarifications in the corridors of power at a time of widespread restrictions due to COVID-19. Now, if you remember, I called that episode a collective voice. So, Ruth, was that a precipient title to what's happened today? And, and is that actually the most vital role of a trade association? Yeah, I think, Chris, it's one of the vital roles. Obviously, we have to always bear in mind we are membership, you know, driven organisations. So whichever way the industry wishes to direct and, and, and point us, that's the way we go. But, um, yeah, a big element of the role today is representing ourselves as government and um, Government has changed its way in in which it deals with organisations and sectors. They want collaborative organisations that speak with authority, but on behalf of companies, on behalf of industry. Um, Once they've found those sort of um, niche groups or or umbrella groups, they like to deal with them, they work with them directly, and they, they, they 
sit up and take a lot of notice. So it's actually, it is definitely a way, a, a major element of the trade association's work. <laughs> and, and Keith, you would presumably concur with that. Yes, yeah, I think, um, you know, from a BAGMA point of view, we provide a platform to bring people together for collaboration between companies, networking, education, training. And we really try to bring people together to find the common ground with everybody. And the, the bonus of that, I feel, is that we provide a load of services that uh, we call the members' benefits. So apart from the common element of what everybody wants, there is the opportunity to benefit from lower cost services and that based on um, the volume that we can deal with. From saying that, you both accept that you uh, represent the industry as a whole, members and non-members, but through membership, uh, those companies who choose to join get extra benefits. Is is that right? Yes, yes. A lot of the members, particularly Bagman members, will be concerned about a a possible conflict of interests with the AEA now owning their association. Uh, Do you see this as an issue? And in what areas might this arise, do you think, Keith? I don't see it as an issue at all. I can understand why people would. I can understand why people might start to believe that there's some element of independence um, being taken away. But we're going to the AEA as a an independent body within the AEA, that's been very clear and very well supported by the people we've dealt with in the AEA, and particularly Ruth. I don't see it as an issue, but then I'm very close to it. I've been dealing with both organisations most of my career in the industry. I've seen a lot of collaboration, seen the disagreements I've seen different people come and go who have different attitudes towards things. I believe that being maybe in a sense closer to the manufacturing supply chain would be more beneficial to our dealer network because we might have a better opportunity to actually talk to the suppliers and manufacturers and have a better understanding of what is needed between both the dealers and the suppliers and manufacturers. Indeed. Ruth, is that uh, is that the way you see it? I mean, Chris, yeah, I totally concur with what Keith said. Our experience since we, you know, the news broke is that it's it's been received mainly positively. We haven't seen a backlash or any doubts. So it might be it might be a certain element's narrative, but it's certainly not ours. You know, we've got, from one perspective, we've got two very different offerings, two different associations with two different offerings. But on the other hand, as Keith said, it's often a case where the bigger picture can take over and we can work together to solve issues for the industry as a whole. Now, yes, throughout history, there'll have been conflicts, there'll have been personality clashes, and there will be individual manufacturers competing with manufacturers. There'll be individual dealers who aren't working in an arrangement that's suitable or or that they don't like somehow. But that isn't the role of an association. The association doesn't get into that space. In fact, that commercial space is something that we're not allowed to get into. You know, that little thing called competition law. Keith and I don't can't arbitrate between these disputes between dealers and manufacturers. We can't, we don't go into the marketplace and that commercial space because 
for one thing, it's not we're legally not supposed to take that space. We we can't collude in the market, and we never would. So, so you know these issues that that are out there. That is the marketplace itself. We can verify what's legally allowed and what's not, and we will do. But that's certainly not for us to to move into that that area. So any conflicts will be borne out by the market. I really I really do do believe that, and that's how the the industry changes and the sectors change, but we, we we both offer very different propositions to our membership. As the AEA, the first thing we said is we we have a great respect for what Bagma did. The board absolutely unanimously said no, Bagma is its own entity in its own right with its own independence. So yeah, it might be a narrative that's out there, but it's certainly not the narrative of most of the members that I've heard from, that Keith's heard from so far, and that that we're we're pushing forward at all and, and of course you know the old saying perception is everything so um if there is a perception but keith i believe that this model of manufacturers and dealers being in the same group or organization is fairly prevalent in europe isn't it yeah so Bag- bagma's been a member of clima which is the umbrella group for trade associations like ourselves across europe the dealer trade association side of things and there's something like 14 members within Klima. Up until last week, there were only three members that weren't aligned with the Manufacturers Association. Now there's only two. And some of the, the bigger countries have merged in a way, taken over, become part of the manufacturers uh, group simply because it gives them a better platform. It gives them better resources and it be- enables them to be more focused in the industry to help their members. So, yes, we've become part of that group and we've been part of Klima since 1956. So uh, I don't see any problem in that. And t- I shall be this week talking to some of our Klima colleagues about what to look out for in our new home. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, good. Um, just thought maybe you could both provide a little bit of background to the uh, acquisition by AEA of, of, of Bagma. Keith, was it a case of Byra, your parent, uh, organ- previous parent organisation, thinking that Bagma was no longer a good fit for it? Or was it a question of Bagma uh, deciding that its interests would be better served elsewhere? It's a really good question. It's a question quite a lot of people have asked and one that we've kicked around for the past 12 months or so. Really, the whole idea of doing this came about because of COVID and because of the lockdown. So our change is really initially driven by what Spira saw as a very difficult year ahead of them where they might be losing members, they might be losing income because of lockdown, because they represent independent retailers. But as it turns out, that didn't happen. They've actually gone from strength to strength. They've made some other strategic changes in the group that has put them in a very good position for this year. And whilst it may have been a good idea early on last year, to move Bagma on and get a cash injection into Byra, uh, where we've now done this deal only, only last week, Byra were no longer in the position where they needed to sell Bagma. But having looked at it for so long, you're, you're correct that Byra's strategy for the future 
didn't really include Bagma, and the fit of Bagma within Byra wasn't so good. And we felt, and our Bagma council felt, that being able to go to the AEA would give us a better foothold within the industry and enable us to better help our members. And, and, and Ruth, will will Bagma uh, become effectively like the Milking Equipment Association that you administer within the AEA? Does that, that both include manufacturers and, and dealers? Will it have a, a similar status to that? To be honest, Chris, the MEA is a standalone um, trade association. I see um, Bagma exactly the same. They, you know, they, 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 they will be their own trade association in their own right. There will be some crossover in, in, in backroom functions, you know, in, in accounts. Um, we can, you know, in, 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 in admin, in, um, there'll be assistance in marketing, but Bagma will maintain its own marketing profile, its own logo, its own identity. And the way we, we, we're setting it up from the beginning is that all staff for Bagma will work with Bagma and for Bagma's aims and purposes to serve its membership. The assistance, you know, there will be assistance. Um, we, the practicalities of various crossovers, uh, you know, will 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 come out. But it it will be backroom services and and, and assistance. Um, there's a lot of respect at the AEA board um, for the Bagma Council and what Bagma does. It isn't the intention of the board to direct the Bagma Council in any shape or form. You know, there'll be a report system between the two. Then we we know what's happening and it'll be my responsibility to know what's happening. I mean, that's part of my job. But um, there'll be a reporting structure, but it won't um, impinge on the ability for Bagman to make its own decisions out there and to serve its own membership. Uh, I'm slightly left field this. Uh, Was there ever any consideration by either organisation or jointly now to... uh, um, have a look at the the name of the organisation. Uh, by my calculation, both organisations, both AEA uh, and Bagma, have changed their names three times, each three times over <laughs> over the years. The word implement, which was uh, prevalent right at the beginning, no longer figures. But now you are trying to promote uh, the industry under the banner of land-based engineering. And I'm just wondering uh, whether or not something like that might well be under consideration for incorporation in the in the titles. Uh, have you talked about titles at all? We haven't. As I said before, you know, immediately when we the AEA book, AEA board started talking about this. They, they, there's too much respect out there for what Bagma does and the, the profile it has, its own identity, etc. Future, 10 years' time, who knows? You know, the AEA has been going since 1875. And I'm very aware that I'm talking to two people who've been in the industry longer than I have. So I'm always aware of going back in history. But in 1875, we started out as one thing, we're probably another thing. But in general, we're supporting our members and we're supporting the industry. So how it pans out, nobody knows. But our intention now is for Bagma to maintain that identity. And, and presumably, it probably also goes without saying that it's going to be easier where now you're together to administer the LeTech, the uh, Land-Based Training and Education Committee, uh, now that you're, 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 you're as one. And, and Well, yeah, and, and I do want to actually push a little bit because LeTech isn't known by a lot of people and it's a very strange name I'm aware of that the land-based training and education committee but it's an industry group that works together and it's worked together so well into in the fact that we have a land-based engineering trailblazer apprenticeship at two levels 
we are working on the TQOL. But more than that, we've had the chief operating officer of the Institute for Apprenticeships, that's the government appointed body, at one of our members twice. They've sat with us. Now, the Construction Equipment Association came to us and said, we love your trailblazer apprenticeship. We haven't got one. Can we work together with you to produce ours for, for our industry? We said yes. We were also advised to join the parts and merchandising um, trailblazer apprenticeship that was being run by the automotive um, sector. You know what? They were in so much disarray as an industry working together, we found it was untenable. I think the whole thing collapsed. So I do want to just push a little bit on what Litex achieved, but it is an example of working together as an industry, bringing a, a, a better voice, being able to survey, survey all the members and get a consensus on what the membership of all organisations want, including IAGRI and its members. It's a, it's a great example of what we can do as an industry together, building that profile. Keith, you know, it, it is a, we will be working together, but IAGRI is still a member and still a director of Litex, so it's about what the industry needs. But it is yeah. a good example of how we do work together, Chris. If I could say, Chris, how we work together with Litech won't make any difference about where we're based or who owns us. We've worked, the three companies that partner Litech have worked together very closely for a long time now. And we've achieved an awful lot. Most of that is in the background, so people don't get to hear too much about it. And we see things in the press about it, you know, that suddenly Litech have come out and done this or that. But we could have been working on that for 12 months to get it to that point. So it, it won't make any difference that we might be in the same office because we spend so much time working on projects for Litech between us that I, I can't see how we could do it any better other, other than being able to bring in more resource and more funding. But as, as, as Ruth sort of perhaps hinted, uh, there is still a job to be done to get it better known and its and its role better known. Is that correct? Yes, but but, yeah. but also what, what it means is that, as in the past, we may have been working on the same thing separately. We now pretty much automatically work on the joint projects together. So training and education, it, it, it's a, a common ground recruitment is a common problem for the industry so yes we we will carry on working together with that and um but our, our work in Litech, just because we're under the same name and in the same office it, it won't change how we work for Litech. chris there are a lot of areas where we, we we can work together you know the whole trading system now post-brexit the northern Ireland protocol that sort of thing we're pretty much upon that we can, but the dealers will be at the the the, the face, you know, the cold face of that, as it were. Uh, and so, because they'll be the ones selling the secondhand equipment, trying to apply for the documentation, looking at fashion certificates, etc. So, so there's a whole area. There are whole areas of common ground where just the exchange of information will be useful. It's, it's, you know, it's that sort of thing. Uh, absolutely. I, I do. Rec I, I did listen to the recording that we did uh, last night a, again. And uh, after talking about COVID, we suddenly remembered there was this thing called Brexit out there, which, of course, <laughs> had been totally over, 
overshadowed. Do you think, both of you, that this coming together will actually, uh, could well encourage uh, member recruitment for both organisations? Might might it well appeal to uh, more companies to, to, to join you? Ruth, what do you think? I'm not sure on the AEA side, to be honest, Chris. I think there'll be a comfort level in the fact that they know we are working closely with the, the dealer network. The one, the manufacturers and the dealers are integral to each other. There isn't one without the other. They are integral and and, and necessary for both parties. Um, So I think there'll be a certain comfort level um, attained in that we're working, we are working closely with with the dealer network. But I'm not sure it'll generate more members for us. I think we will gain better profile with all the government yeah. the, the stakeholders we've been talking about uh, and um, i think you you said during our previous conversation a year ago that you represent 80 percent of the industry anyway which is still a very high, high high proportion there are areas where we don't have um, much profile that we would like to start to to work with and and a lot of those are smes you know in in the new innovation field um area so we we do have quite a lot of companies out there that we we do want to talk to but in terms of the value of the industry, we represent quite a high proportion. Yeah. Uh, Keith, and do you think this might well appeal? And, and is, is there a difference in the perception of uh, what Bagma can offer from, say, uh, franchise tractor dealers who are very much aligned with one manufacturer, opposed to small SMEs or in the garden machinery market, maybe employing two or three family members and so on? Uh, two very diff- different uh, membership groups, I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. The, the the bigger companies that are the bigger agricultural machinery companies that are very aligned to a manufacturer. They work in certain ways. They have resources that they can draw on, and just the size of the companies means that they usually have their own HR managers, their own training managers, and you know all the other resources that a big company needs in house. Whereas the smaller dealers which tend to be the smaller agricultural machinery dealers, the non-franchise dealers, but particularly the garden machinery dealers, don't have those resources in-house. What we offer with, with as a member, you have access to free legal service, free HR. Uh, that is quite helpful to a lot of dealers. They may not need to use it very often, but when they do, they can make a phone call and get the help that they need. Some of the bigger companies, we tend to be helping them more on the training front because we do, Bagma provides training through the whole industry, small dealers, large dealers, through the manufacturers, with the manufacturers, dealer programs. So, yeah, we, we've got something for everybody. Not everybody needs everything we've got. It's always, it's it's like anything, absolutely providing value for money to a customer, a member, is the important thing that we really try and do. And um, we want to keep members. We want to attract new members. Uh, The question you asked about whether being under the same roof as the AEA will um, attract members or not, Um, I don't know the answer to that. I think some companies in the industry that don't have a huge amount of history with either trade association might be attracted by it. I think there are more 
shall we say, senior people in the industry that do know history and that might might be slightly adverse to what's going on. But it's looking at the bigger picture, as people talk about, in terms of what value can we offer to our dealers by being in a new home and slightly aligned with the Manufacturers Association. I think we can offer the dealers more. We can offer better advice. We can offer better insights into what's going on. And I would like to think, although in the 14 years I've been in Bagmer, I have worked with quite a number of the manufacturers. And I have to say, behind the scenes, they're very cooperative. They're very supportive. Yes, there are different sets of criteria that a manufacturer needs as opposed to a dealer. But generally, the people I've worked with have always been very helpful. I'd like to think that that will continue and improve. Indeed, and and, and for those dealers, and for those that perhaps don't know you, I think it might be just worth uh, uh, a footnote to that to say that you, Keith, have been a past president of the AEA. Yes, I, I, well, very very briefly, I started my career in the industry in Burlingham's, near where I live now, uh, with with John Burlingham, who was um, a very um, long time served Bagma member and became involved with Bagma even more later on. So I sort of grew up with Bagma. And then when I moved over to the supply side of the industry with Claymore, um, became more aligned with the AEA and became a board member and, and the president, past president. So somebody accused me the other day, and I'm never sure which way round this is supposed to be, but somebody accused me of being poacher turned gamekeeper. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's gamekeeper turned poacher. I don't know. Chris, I was just going to say, perhaps Bagmer as a new home. There's maybe ideas out there, innovations it wants to introduce. Perhaps it'll just grow of its own volition because it's now enabled to. Um, so I won't comment on Byra, and I know they've been a very good home for 25 years, but they had a different objective and a different opinion because they're a different type of trade association so you know. um, you, you, you've both uh, talked about uh, respective uh, services and membership benefits um, a key question is w- will the benefits available to uh, BAGMA members now av- be available necessarily to AEA members and vice versa of course and do you think that being a joint organization uh, will actually give you better negotiating power uh, than you had even previously um, as individual organizations from today um, and as we speak today it, it's a no the organizations will remain separate and there, there, there are legal reasons why we won't be sharing the statistics with anybody else who's legally entitled or, or eligible to receive those statistics. So the generic information that we've put out in our tractor registration press releases, they'll be available to everybody, but they won't. Um, Bagman members won't be privy to any information that, that they don't get now. They won't get, get extra. As I said, there will be crossover in the backroom um, and the administration marketing, all those kinds of things. You know, the AEA is well-resourced, although we, we, we're busy and we, we're looking after our own members. And, and there might be joint offers, you know, because um, Keith's services, um, our training, at the moment we do offer um, our training for business um, courses to BAGMA members at the AEA member membership rate. We always have done. So, 
you know, and I do know that AEA members take up, um, take part in, um, or rather participate, sign up for KISS courses, you know, the vocational courses. So, so again, that won't change and there's a crossover there. But in terms of, there will be a, a, a general use of information between the two associations. But in terms of statistics, which I think is the one that um, people always think of from our side of things, legally, there are only um, certain parties that are eligible to those stats and they'll continue to get those. Those won't be opened up. Anymore. I do seem to think, uh, if, is this correct, that you, you do have some dealer members who are would be classified as dealers. Um, and I think maybe, Keith, whether you've got, I'm not sure what you call them, but supporters or sponsors of BAGMA uh, who are manufacturers uh, as well, who, if this is correct, what you're saying, well, I'm sure it is correct, uh, Ruth, that at the moment, and I do accept that there's more questions than answers at the moment, just three or four days into the, the deal. At the moment, things will remain very much as they are in terms of services. The vast majority of the the dealers we have on our books are actually either uh, they're NSTS test centres. We do have a, a few who are members of the AEA in their own right. They get service, so it's not any, it's not the same as the full member by any means of the imagination, but the most most of our dealer members are NSTS test centre members, so they yeah. do get um, a different service. So, so it, just just to clarify that, yeah, um, point, yeah. Keith, as far as the the, the 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 services that Bagma provide, which were most of which were, were negotiated through uh, Byra, uh, how long will they stay in place? Or how long is it planned? Well, there, there's um, there's a transitional agreement in place for twelve months, and then it would be a case of uh, um, negotiating for continued services. Us moving on to providers in our own right. Uh, there's already already a couple of changes in that. There's already some discussions going on with other people. It's all very amicable. It's all very important as well in terms of the services. We have something like 33 services we offer to members, uh, but the main ones tend to be alongside the, the legal and HR side, health and safety and um, insurance. Uh, so they're, they're the main ones we'll focus on at the moment. We certainly, with Byra, just in the last few days, we've introduced a new service, which is live on the Bagma website now. Um, I see Byra today have launched another banking service, which, which we're not, we're not in, included with at the moment. So the, the services, some come and go, some of the core of what we do, as far as answering your question about whether there's going to be any crossover between AEA members and BAGMA members, as is the case with AEA members, to use our services and take part in them and benefit from them in terms of the discounts and, and what they offer, you have to be a BAGMA member. There, there may be some other things like uh, we, we work with a company called Safety Aid who specialise in doing the health and safety, fire protection, everything else for the dealer network. They also work with some of the manufacturers. Um, as a BAGMA member, you get quite a significant discount from Safety Aid. So some people get enough discount to be able to pay their BAGMA membership with it every year. The, the services are there and, and they may be attractive to some of the AEA members, but as you also say, there are a number of AEA members that are also BAGMA members. 
And I've never, ever had anyone come to me and, and try and bring the two together. Yeah, I think sorry. there's plenty of scope for working groups, for panels, for yeah. joint exhibition space where we're talking about recruitment and skills. There's a yeah. lot of areas where we yeah. can work together. Uh, oh, as I said, I do appreciate that we're talking only two or three days after mm -hmm. the ink was dry on the on the deal that you did, and uh, so there will naturally be more questions and answers. Um, as a practical uh, issues, uh, if somebody rings Bagma now, um, it does it get answered at Peterborough, or does it go through to individual mobiles? I think uh, you've got three dedicated member of staff. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to answer that one. All our phone numbers stay the same. So our main bagman number, landline number stays the same, all our mobiles stay the same, all our email addresses stay the same. If you rang Bagma today, either one of the Bagma staff will answer it initially. If they can't answer it, it still goes to the virus switchboard and they will redirect to us at the moment. Um, we still have to deal with some of the IT issues of, about moving phone numbers, but the the phone number we use is is our old Bagma phone number from when we were near Banbury. So it's never changed and none of that changes. All our numbers are available on our website. So we, we should be quite easy to get hold of. We still maintain our website. Those are all some of the practicalities that we're literally working on this week. Yes, no, I, I do appreciate it. Keith I, and I, I were mean, in a meeting last yeah. night. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I do. We're appreciate. talking about IT and things. Yeah, I do what, appreciate. What um, we didn't want to do and what we don't want to do is burden the existing AEA staff with, with Bagma phone calls. So, you know, we've protected that by keeping all our contact details as they are. I mean, I, I'm waiting for IT to change email addresses and everything, you know. Yeah. There are computers sat in front. And as an independent organisations, um, I guess that there will still be a president of, of the AEA and a president of BAGMA. And we all think of the annual conference that you run uh, in the Westminster Arms and with the, the, sw <laughs> soiree, uh, the soiree that appears beforehand, uh, presumably th that will attract possibly, you would hope, more Bagman members to it. But again, it's early days. And let's hope in the first place, Ruth, that you can actually hold it this year. I think that's the number one ob objective, isn't it? It is indeed, uh, Chris. I mean, we've, we've, we've got quite a good record now on the virtual conferences but they're not as much fun let's face it um and and actually we do get quite a lot of dealers at the at one yeah. great george street they brought us guests um from some of the manufacturers they're entitled to buy a ticket so so we do get quite a lot of guests um as deal dealers as guests there anyway and and even more in the westminster arms <laughs> Uh, and presumably you will, Bagma will still hold regional conferences, which it does, uh, and, and specialist conferences and so on? Yeah, we we've, we still have regional meetings going on. Some of them have been virtual. Um, the one thing we've, we've let slip because of COVID was we, we'd started what we call our connect groups, which we'd have like mini conferences in different parts of the country. Uh, we had one at Still. We, we've done them at manufacturers' places. The last one that was scheduled to be done was at Husqvarna's factory. We That was in the early part of COVID, and we had to stop that because of the lockdown. So we haven't been able to reinstate that one. But um, we did look at doing Connect virtually, but we we weren't 
too comfortable with it. And frankly, we've been busy with other things. And, and so, you know, from a dedicated point of view, there's only three of us in Bagma. We, we've got we've had access to lots of other resources. We lost one of our staff in February. When we when we finally get into Peterborough, we'll be looking to do something about that so we can get back to a normal footing. But um, yeah, it's been three of us doing most of this for the last uh, well eighteen months nearly now. And Ruth, um, you mentioned right at the outset that the feedback that you've received so far has been largely positive. Have you been heartened by that? Were you concerned at all about uh, about this move? It's been all positive from from our members in any emails or comments I've had, um, Chris. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody who saw me at Serial saw um, Keith and I do a, a fist bump when the deal went through and... Uh, I was quite delighted and, and I think it's a it's a very positive move for industry in terms of what we can achieve, I think. I mean, the big issue is about image and profile to the outsiders at the moment. And this is how we can hopefully get somewhere in, in making that better. Uh, and, and Keith, from 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 your members, has it been uh, total enthusiasm, um, uh, muted apathy, or, or outright, <laughs> outright hostility? Uh, uh, well, no outright hostility. Um, I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't had too much of a reaction personally. But then it's not been so easy to see people. Um, I've had some positive reactions. I've had some positive reactions from people I thought wouldn't be too happy. But there were one negative one, but not one that was to be expected. As I said, you know, maybe some of the people in the industry um, that have been around a long time may not be too comfortable with this. But um, I, I hope that we get the opportunity to explain to people why. I hope that people understand that part of this is to do with with the future for Bagma as a dealer trade association actually being able to get in involved with the AEA and bring us closer to the industry, I think is a really positive step. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I was looking at something the other day. I've got all the old archive history of BAGMA, and I was looking at the original information about when the original Dealers Trade Association was conceived in 1917 in London. The article that actually requested that there should be a dealer's organisation also included the AEA. And it said that the dealers in the UK should have a comparable organisation to the manufacturers. And um, so from the very concept inception of BAGMA, we've actually been included with the AEA. And going through all the archive history and everything else I have, which is over 100 years now, um, Bagma and the AEA working together comes up all the time. Sure, they've been arguing together as well <laughs> in the past. Uh, not, that doesn't happen so much nowadays, but it certainly has happened in the past. You know, you, nobody can get away from the fact that historically we've actually all been quite close together, whether we've agreed or not, but we've all been working to the benefit of the industry as a whole. And I hope that people recognise that. I hope that dealers understand that. We don't want to lose any members. We're more than happy to explain what we're doing to people. And we want to carry on 
in a better way, really, and be able to offer more. You know, look at the future of dealers, uh, look at what's going on with legislation, which, which will be maybe more helpful because we can talk to people within the AEA about that who are considered to be experts in that field, which I certainly am not. You know, it really is a positive move forward and it does give Bagma a future. Right. Well, look, thank you very much. And and, and to Ruth, last word to you, uh, obviously, as as Keith boss. <laughs> Any sort of further thoughts on, on how it might develop? Um, obviously, there's a lot of positivity around at the moment and uh, that uh, it all should work out as you you both hope and and indeed we are in different territory now to what trade associations were 20 30 40 50 years ago um mainly because of communication i guess and and ease of communication and it does seem that this is one instance where uh covid has hastened an arrangement which might have evolved in time uh is that what you believe it's all about timing chris i think this um this has been talked about for many, 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 many years. Definitely a good fit. I would like to say the AEA board is fantastic. They are very, very pragmatic, but look at the industry as a whole and what works for industry on how we can benefit the whole of the sector. And I think from I want to learn um, more about you know Keith's organisation, but only as a view to promoting our sector and our industry. As we've said many times, and, and can I just as an aside congratulate you on your podcast because they give real great insight into loads of areas that we've got to we've got to sort of open our eyes to or at least start to walk the walk instead of talking the talk. Um, you know, just raising the profile of the industry, raising the, the sector's voice, all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to working with Keith and um, the Bagma Council. I think it it is positive and and we are very positive at this moment. We've got some practicalities. Um, Keith told me yesterday he'd not got his um, Microsoft account sorted out. So we had a few phone calls and we got that sorted. You know, there are some practical implications that we'll sort out, but it doesn't happen overnight. But but. Well, at this, at this very busy time for you, and I do appreciate again uh, taking time to to take this very early opportunity to talk through. And I've certainly learnt uh, a lot more than I did from the press release about how it might work. And so it just really says to you both: best of luck in all the shaking down that will obviously have to take place. And uh, uh, we look forward to obviously when we can all get together and and, and shake hands properly instead of bumping elbows or goodness knows what. But uh, thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. So I hope that has answered uh, some of the questions being asked at this early stage of the coming together of AEA and Bagma. I perhaps uh, ought to declare an interest here for back in the early 1980s, I was a dealer and on the Bagma Council and had been elected vice president. Uh, When the time came for me to step up to president, my colleagues in the dealership expressed their view that it could take up too much of my time away from the business. And as a result, I did not take up the post. And perhaps that has been one of the issues facing Bagma over the years, getting dealers to give up their time when all it really needed is for them to have a say on matters of importance and let the full-time staff get on with the job.
I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me. And this is Inside Agriturf.